Yeah. What's going on, good friends? My name is MC Phil with Everybody's Hip Hop Label. You're tuned in to the Boom Bap Chat. This is number 46. If you are in Cincinnati or want to come visit us with your mask on and all that, make sure you go check out Everybody's Records uh, over in Pleasant Ridge. They got dope music, records, CDs, tapes. They have it all. Uh, make sure you support them. They support the hip hop scene. So we like to show love back to them. This is the Boom Bap Chat 46. Super excited about tonight because we have a legend uh, in the place to be, someone that I've looked up to uh, for many, many years since their debut, his debut with Dickable Planets. We want to welcome to the show the one and only Doodlebug from Dickable Planets. See knowledge. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. What's up, man? Yo, man, it is, it is such an honor to have you here tonight. Uh, one of the things we do in the Boom Bap Chat is we like to show appreciation, show love, give flowers. And uh, I was reflecting on when, when your first album came out, Reaching, heard that first single, obviously the smash single, cool like that. And I begged my mom, I was like, mom, you have to buy me this tape. You have to buy me this tape. And so she bought it for me and my brother to share. And obviously I was the one, I, I was younger, but I loved hip hop more than my brother. So like, it was my tape, you know, <laughs> but I remember just falling in love with that album, like the jazz uh, appeal to it, just the, your vocal deliveries, just so laid back and chill. And then I remember I liked Blowout Comb when it came out, but I liked reaching more for a few years. But the more, the more and more I listened to Blowout Comb, I was like, man, I, I, I grew to love that album even more than reaching. And I love reaching. And so I just want to just say thank you for, for creating those moments in time that I can still go back and remember, you know, what I was, what I was doing and, and, and remember the inspiration, you know, that you gave me uh, along with your, you know, your, your partners with Diggable Planets um, and just all the inspiration and, and just the good music uh, that you gave this world. So I just want to show you, show you some flowers and say thank you. Uh, for that. Man, appreciate salute, it. brother. Salute. I appreciate the love, man. Love yeah. Yeah, good. yeah, no doubt, man, for sure. So uh, before we jump into your new music, because you have a new album out, it's banging. So we definitely want to talk about that. Um, but we do want to go back a little bit and talk a little bit about your Diggable Planets days, because you you actually reunited and you, you all were on tour when the pandemic hit. Is that right? Yes. Yes, we were. How long were you on tour on this this stint? Uh, uh most of our tours recently, you know what I'm saying? We old cats now, you know what I'm saying? So we go out maybe like two weeks, two weeks at a time, you know what I'm saying? We got families and things we got to get home to. So we try not to be on the road for more than like about two weeks. Mm. Sometimes it might be a special tour that might last a month or a couple of weeks, you know what I'm saying? But normally about two weeks. I think on that run was about a week and two weeks we was on our road. That's I, think, I think the last show we were doing, I think it was uh, uh, the DMV area. I think it was... Um, a, a venue in uh, Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C. What's it like touring with Ish and Lady uh, Ladybug Mecca now versus back then? Uh, I don't know. It's the same, man. It's the same kind of love. I mean, it's, it's different in the way that, you know what I'm saying, we're yeah. a little bit more mature, more comfortable in, um, in our roles, you know what I'm saying, on stage. You know, back in those days, we were young. Uh, nervous, you know, new to yeah, the game, yeah. you know what I'm saying, trying to figure our way, you know what I'm saying, and now, you know what I'm saying, we veterans, we've been doing this for a long time now, you know what I'm saying, now it's just like, it's it's invigorating, you know what I'm saying, I just love to be on the stage with those two cats, you know what I'm saying, it, it, we sometimes don't see each other for a minute, and then we get back, and um, there's times when we have a chance to rehearse, but then there's other times when we have shows where we just have to come, just fly from different areas of the, of the world, meet up at the show, and then rock the show and it just like seamlessly comes right back in the flow. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how we do it, but it does, man. Yeah. I love it, man. I love working with the cats. What, what was it like after, you know, when, when you had some, some tension, you know, I've heard you all talk about it before in other interviews and the unsung documentary, which is dope. When you had some tension in the group and you kind of, you know, got away for a little bit, what was that like when you came back together after that? Uh, a little apprehension. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We had to rebuild uh, the trust, you know what I'm saying, the relationship. It wasn't totally separate, you know what I'm saying? Because that love was always there, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but the love was always there for the for my two compadres, you know what I'm saying? There was just, 
time and space, you know what I'm saying, creates um, uh, disinformation and, and just, you know what I'm saying, we just had to rebuild that trust again. And we had a meeting one time, uh, I think it was like 2005, uh, Ladybug and her business partner at the time had a studio in Manhattan and they uh, asked us to come up there and we all met in New York, sat down in the studio and um, talked it out. You know what I'm saying? And the next thing yeah. you know, we was touring. We, was, we went out to Europe and we toured mm. for a couple of weeks and the crowds was just crazy. Lines around the corner and the reaction was just so bananas. We just couldn't believe it. We was yeah. it just, it, it rocked us like, dang. So then um, we realized like, maybe this is something we should keep doing. You know what I'm saying? And we came back to the States and we started touring around for a minute all over the States. And it was a good thing for a minute. Then I think we stopped around 2010 or something like that for about a year, for a few years. And then uh, we, we got back together in 2015 for a show that Ishmael had put together in Seattle. We did a reunion mm. show in Seattle and Camp Low opened up. Oh, wow. And it was pretty dope. Yeah. yeah. And I bet that felt nice getting back oh, together man. and, and getting the love from the audience like that. Man, I'm telling you right now, I was so nervous. The jitters, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I, I needed some KO pectate or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was nervous because I didn't know what to expect. You know how the right. crowd was going. You know what I'm saying? You got a long. Yeah, you trying to figure out like, how the crowd gonna react, how we gonna do we still have the magic, you know what I'm saying, on stage together. But then once the once the curtains went up and the music came on, we came out to um Peaches and Herb reunited, reunited, and and then the crowd when it, when they threw that on and the crowd started going crazy, I was like, yo, we all looked at each other and was like, yeah, yes, you know what I'm saying, that's yeah. beautiful, and yeah. it was it was just on from there. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So taking it back to the first album, I'm very curious about the making of the music uh, on that album. Was was there live instrument, you know, players in the sessions making the music? Was it sample based? Did you have a hand in it? Was it mostly ish? What was that like? What shop are you talking about? The first out reaching. Oh, reaching. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. That's all Ishmael right there. And um, it's all um, mostly samples. There's a few mm -hmm. live stuff, but it's, it's mostly uh, sample driven, you know what I'm saying? Drum machines and stuff like that. A few uh, instrumentations here, but for the most part, it's sample driven. And um, we were lucky enough um, to work with um, Shane Faber and Mike Mangini, who uh, did Tribe Called Quest, Native mm. Tongues. They were the engineers okay. for those pr famous projects. And our label, knowing, I mean, they believed in us, you know what I'm saying? Because Ishmael had the whole, you know what I'm saying, the whole concept down pat for the, um, for the music wise, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For the whole album, you know what I mean? And um, they believed in his production, but they wanted somebody that was um, uh, a little more experienced, you know what I'm saying? And um, to come in there, somebody that we, and somebody that we respected, you know what I'm saying? To come right. in there and you know what I'm saying? show us the ropes in the studio. And they did, you know what I'm saying? We used to travel out from Brooklyn, take the dollar van to uh, Manhattan and then jump on another van to New Jersey and mm. their studio was above this little dentist office in um, Gutenberg, New Jersey. And um, no, no, North Bergen, they right next door, next door to each other. But I think it was North Bergen, New Jersey where the studio was at. And we go there every single day, like Monday through Friday, it was like our job, you know what I'm saying? We got mm. up every morning, go there, be all day to the end, until like it got dark. And then we would just jump back on the van and head back to Brooklyn. And we did that for a whole summer and um, wow. ended up with that Reaching album. Very proud of that project. You know yeah, saying? should be. That's, that's should a be. classic album. <laughs> was, was there a moment in time where you, where you, the three of you knew that you had something super special? Or did you not realize that until after the music came I mean, out? I mean, of course, up? of course, you as a, a as an artist, you feel like your music is good. You know what I'm saying? Right, but, you also, yeah. but you also have, you also self-conscious of how the rest of the world is going to react to it. You're not right. sure how they're going to react. You, inside your head, you're already platinum, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, <laughs> but, right. Uh, but you're not sure how the rest of the world is going to take it, you know what I'm saying, or even receive it, you know what I mean? And I think I, the first time I felt like we were really on and was, had something going was when um, Rosie Perez flew mm. in from New York and she was the talent coordinator for a show called In Living Color. Yeah, yeah. And they, she said that the Wayans brothers and them, they loved our music and loved oh, the wow. style and everything. And she flew in personally and had a meeting with us and our label, um, the people on our label, and told us they wanted us to fly to LA and um, perform our song on their show. Mm -hmm. 
which was one of the hottest shows at the time. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We were yeah, like was. super excited, man. And like, wow. And yeah. I, at that moment, I was like, yo, <laughs> this is big. I, I just felt right. like at that time, yo, we had something really good right there. Right, right. You made him live in living color. Like, that's when you yeah, knew. Exactly. Like, this is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, the, the crazy part for me is uh, I remember when uh, you guys were on a guest on, not a guest, but like uh, shouted out on Deaf Comedy Jam. And uh, Martin Lawrence was pointing y'all out and <laughs> making jokes. That's yeah, when I knew yeah. you were big. So I think it was me. I think it was me and Ish. I think I think Mech was with us too. I think she was. With I us think so. Night. Yeah, a couple of our friends was with us, and we were sitting up in there, and all of a sudden Martin Lawrence started like geeking on us. <laughs> yeah, like, he was clowning on you. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the highest form of respect, though. You know it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Before we uh, jump into the blowout comb, because I have some blowout comb questions. Profound, did you have anything you wanted to say, or Joe, anything on the Reaching album that you wanted to know about? Or man, it's still in my rotation. I, yeah. I just wanted, I just wanted to know. Of course, I'll give y'all definitely give y'all props on everything that y'all have done. I'm, I'm still a huge fan. I wanted to know, man, did, did you, did y'all, and I'm sure y'all got this question before. Did y'all, did you see or envision that? how many years later 30 years later that y'all would still be like rocking these you know rocking these songs and you know unto new listeners too you know the younger generation that might know those songs i'm just wondering like uh, you know most of us being mcs and whatnot like do i don't ever write anything and be like hey i wonder if they're gonna be feeling this 20 years from now you know what i'm saying so i just yeah and i mean i mean to be honest i didn't think that either when i was writing i'm saying we was we were we were like everybody else caught in the moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure there was certain visionaries that think certain, but I wasn't one of them. You know what I'm saying? I was caught, <laughs> in, I, I was caught in the moment like everybody else, yeah. living that moment, soaking it up, loving it. You know what I'm saying? But as an MC at the same time, as an MC, you know what I'm saying? You think, I mean, once, and once you get, don't don't get a little taste of success as an MC or a producer or a DJ, because then you think like, yo, I'm doing this to the, to the day I die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm being a senior citizen home, the rocking mm -hmm. and doing stuff like you know what I'm saying. So, so in that in that regard, yeah, I thought I was gonna do this forever, you know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. I didn't honestly think that those songs we did was gonna like last the test of time and people yeah. like 30 years later bring they like we got shows now where people are bringing their kids to the shows and introducing mm -hmm. and their kids love the songs and know the songs, and it's like it's crazy, man. But that's the power of music because yeah. that same that same energy, I felt that same energy. You know what I'm saying? There were artists before me that I did the same exact thing and looked up to. And now I have my kids listening to them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's yep. like, yeah, yep. man, it's just the reciprocity of it all. You know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate. I'm, I'm playing Diggable Planets uh, music for my kids. They're nine and five, that's so they're, that's they're getting up. it in. Yeah. I, I have a, a funny story. Um, when I was playing, when when cool cool like that came out, um, I think I was like a senior high school, and I was on a church retreat, and and on and we were driving, and they were like, hey, let's play some different music, and so I I let the the, the manager have the tape for cool like that, you know, <laughs> thinking it was going to be cool and everything. I forgot there were curse words in there, <laughs> and when it came out, I was just like, oh. <laughs> But it was all good. Everybody was still vibing and everything. But uh, but but to me, the best song to me that reached me personally was Nickelback. Yeah. And it was only because the way that the beat was produced, um, taking that Herbie Hancock sample and flipping it, making it into a different type of groove, uh, taking the interpolating Parliament in the chorus. Yeah. Uh, it was just a whole groove, man. And it just really spoke to me. And I, I really appreciate y'all doing that particular song. That's the one that spoke to me the most. Yeah. You know, speaking of sampling, we had we talked to speech from Arrested Development a few weeks ago, and we got into the sample uh, discussion and about him getting sued over samples. Did you ever run into that? Or did your label pretty oh, much yeah, no doubt, those samples? No doubt, no doubt. Well? I mean, we actually... We actually had a song called Brown Baby Funk that never made it on the Reaching album. Mm. That was a really dope song. And um, I'm trying to think of the name. Uh, uh, Duke. Um, Charles Duke. Uh, man, I can't think of his name. Something Duke. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was one of, it was um, famous jazz play. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, but anyway, we used his sample and he wouldn't let us clear it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we had a hard time. We had a hard time clearing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it, 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 turned into so we 
had to like uh garbage that song, you know what I'm saying? Does does that song still exist somewhere I, on a yes. hard drive? I don't know, or maybe, maybe Ishmael, Ishmael might have it somewhere. He might have it. I don't have, I wish I All did, right. but I don't have it nowhere. That's we're 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 gonna plot and scheme to get him on the yes. show. We gotta be on a mission. <laughs> that song. Sure somebody have pictures of records oh, they got yes. that somewhere in their files. Okay. This might have it though. This, I gotta yeah. ask him. He might have it. Man, I'd love to hear that. Love to hear that. Uh blowout comb. The recording process uh, of that album, you did have a lot of studio musicians. Now that, yeah, that was right? full of um, live instrumentation. You know, all those interludes was all, that's, that's, a, that's a live orchestra, um, you know what I'm saying? Our horn mm -hmm. players in our band at the time, uh, when we were touring, after we toured, we went to the studio and we, um, we hired them to go in there and compose the interludes. And they went in and composed them and then we hired musicians to come in and it was a full orchestra, you know what I'm saying? It was an amazing, that was an amazing studio session, you know what I'm saying? And they um they recorded all those interludes, you know, live. Yeah. With with that album that is so cohesive and so classic and timeless, it's it's hard to imagine that there wasn't this like brilliant vision from the the, the beginning that this is how we're gonna lay out the album. And I'm just curious, was it did you just go in and record a bunch of stuff and then pick out the the songs that made the cut? Was there this like big vision behind it? What was the process like in that regard? I mean, overall, there was a vision. You know what I'm saying? You could tell, you could look at by the um the album booklet, you know what I'm saying? Right. Where we had it set up like a, you know what I'm saying? There was a whole, there was a theme to it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Everything was a theme. I mean, a lot of the songs, you know what I'm saying, were built, some of them built on the fly, you know what I'm saying? Different ideas. That album was a lot more um collaborative than the first album, you know what I'm saying? Uh I brought in the I brought in the sample for uh the Dial Seven song, mm. and um the, it was a tramp sample. Okay. And Ishmael and the Cats they went in there and Dave Darlington and them and they flipped it. You know what I'm saying? And it turned into Dial Seven. And Ladybug did a lot of writing and um, mm. you know, music ideas on on that second album as well. You know what I'm saying? And um, the guys in our band, like I said, they. They composed the interludes and um, all the interludes for uh, that album. So it was a lot, you know what I'm saying? A lot of instrumentation and a lot more collaboration throughout the whole uh, DP fam, you know what I'm saying, on that album. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those albums that like kind of it has the, the the potential of like lifting you up and taking you somewhere else. You know, there's some albums where it's like, this song's dope, this song's dope, this song's eh. But this album just felt like a whole experience that like, you can listen to this in one sitting and feel like, whoa, that I just listened to that whole thing, you know, just it's that good. And That's one of the reasons, yeah, one of the reasons I like it so much is not, not just the sound of it, but the content. You, it seemed like you all were more focused on themes uh, on that album. Um, you know, with you, I, was it your dad that was in the Black Panthers and Isha's dad in the Black Panthers? And I feel like some of those like Black liberation themes came out more in that album was that something that was done on purpose or was that just kind of where you were at the moment no i think it was yeah definitely done on purpose i mean the first album we did what we wanted to do you know what i'm saying it was us it was all us you know what i'm saying yeah. and um but on the second album we a little bit more you know what i'm saying got more experience now in the, in the music industry traveled the world you know yeah. what i'm saying and um experienced racism and a lot of different stuff, you know what I'm saying? A lot of crazy stuff we experienced during that time, you know what I'm saying? And hardened us, and, and, you know what I'm saying? And it changed us, and we evolved from that first album, you know what I'm saying, to the second album. And because of the success, it emboldened us, you know what I'm saying? The success mm. of the first album emboldened us to just do what we wanted to, because the label wanted us to go back and repeat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They wanted some more cool like that, you know, singles, you know what I'm saying? Right. They wanted some, you know what I'm saying, to keep that, that machine moving, you know what I'm saying? Right. Which is cool, too. But as artists, you know what I'm saying, and young rebellious 20-year-olds at the time, you know what I'm saying, we wanted to do something, create a whole nother movement, a whole nother world, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Smash some more pumpkins, you know what I'm saying? Right. Just break, you know what I'm saying, break new lanes, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's what we did. And and that during that time, you know what I'm saying, hip-hop was very conscious, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. very aware. And you know, there's a lot of things going on during that time, Rodney King, a lot of things going on, you know what I'm saying, that affected our um, our thinking, the way we looked at the world, you know what I'm saying? And it reflected on that album, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, go ahead, sir. No, 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 go ahead. I was just saying, I feel like the album did well. I mean, Ninth Wonder was a, you know, a pretty big hit. It, did the album do well enough for the label to be excited about, you know, doing another album? Or did it not? No, they would have, I mean, they probably would have, they would have done another album, but it wasn't, 
it didn't have the success of the first album. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because there were a lot of different factors that were involved in that. You know what I'm saying? Because after the first album, we were, you know, we were signed to a boutique label called Pendulum Records, you know, run right. by Ruben Rodriguez. You know what I'm saying? And that label was was distributed by Arista on the first album. Mm-hmm. And then there was some discrepancies, you know what I'm saying, between the label and the distributor and led to us, well, our, us and our whole label uh, leaving and going over to um, EMI. And during that transition, we, we put out that Blowout Comb album. And I think it got lost in the sauce. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, had, yeah. we, had, we had established relationships with the marketing crew over at, at Arista. We mm-hmm. knew them. We hung out with them. You know what I'm right. saying? We go to parties, go to their houses, go right, play, right. You know what I'm saying? play tennis with them, go yeah. do all that type <laughs> of stuff. You know what I'm saying? We, we had knew them. We ain't knew nobody really at the EMI. We was new over there. They already had their own little, you know what I'm saying, circle of artists, artist friends and groups, they were already, you know what I'm saying? So we had to develop that relationship and all, you know what I'm saying? That coupled with um, uh, relationships starting to crumble with the yeah. management and then relationship internal, um, interpersonal relationships within the group was starting to fall apart, you know what I'm saying? So you have all those things that just led to the second album not really having a lot of success. Not as yeah. much success as the first album did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's ironic though, because that when I ask people online, which album do you like more? You know, Reaching or Blowout Comb? It's almost always like 95% of the people say Blowout Comb. You know, that's the one that people really resonate with. So that's dope. That's dope. I heard, I think it was in the unsung uh, documentary that TV One did. You said that you didn't want the group to break up. And you talked about how you wish you had the words um to say that maybe that would have helped like hindsight's twenty twenty. but if you could go back in time like what would you have said to the group at that time i, I mean i don't know what i, I mean there was based on what was going on at the time i mean i know exactly what was going on you know what i'm saying but i, I don't know what i would have said particularly but i would have done certain things. i think i would have become I wouldn't have been so complacent or laid back and just you know what i'm saying going with the flow i, I probably would have sat down and talk to Ish or talk to mm-hmm. Matt separately, you know what I'm saying? Just to make sure everything's cool, you know what I'm saying? I don't think, yeah. I, I didn't do that, you know what I'm saying? Back then, I had my little crew, Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? We were mm-hmm. sitting around smoking mad weed, playing video games, working on music, you know what I'm saying? Doing what we do. Yeah. Each one of us had our own little crews around Brooklyn. We all lived in different separate parts of Brooklyn and we were just doing our own thing. And I, I think I should have been more proactive and, you know what I'm saying? And terms of maintaining our friendship you know what i'm saying i think that might have it might have helped might not have you know what i'm saying yeah. it might not have you know what i'm saying but so it is what it is you know what it I'm is saying? what it is yeah yeah for sure, <laughs> for sure. yeah well one of the things i appreciate i don't think i've when i've watched interviews i've never you know i've never heard you or mecca or um butterfly ish expressly say exactly what the issue was and you know, you always want to know, like, what was it? But I always appreciate, like, when people are like, no, I'm not going there. Like, that's that's my business, not your business. And there's, like, a line. I feel like you all have drawn a line. Like, we'll give you so much, but we're human beings. And there's certain things that, you know, we need to keep, you know, to ourselves. Is that kind of how you all feel and operate? Uh, I don't really think about it like that. It's, yeah. I don't, I'm not thinking about that consciously, but I guess that is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I think at this point... um, maybe at some point when we can control the narrative, you know what I'm saying, in a certain situation, mm. we might, we might air that we might let people know what, what really happened. We might not. You know what I'm saying right yeah. now, that's our business. You know what I'm saying? Right, I mean, right. yeah. it's our business. You know, we have to deal with it on our own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at some point we might, we might tell everybody, but I'm not going to be the one. Unless everybody <laughs> in the group tells me it's cool. I ain't going to be the right, one. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that about you all. And, uh, I'm glad that whatever it is, you you overcame it and got back together and, you know, started touring again and all that. That's the most important thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Before we uh, go into the new music, uh, Profound or Joe, did you all have anything you wanted to chime in with about Blowout Comb or Diggable Planets? That's still in my rotation too, Blowout Comb, man. Still. (laughs) That and Reacher. What's your your song on on Blowout Comb? Man, the J. Rue joint. Ooh, I got the knowledge of God. Yeah. Seth, it's all in my cipher, man. That uh, sample, man. That's the sample so, in that joint, Yo, Every time man. we, every time we perform that on, on, on live in the show, Ishmael, he knows that rhyme by heart. He always says that, John. Yes, yeah. Oh, uh, man. 
We finally, we, I think we did a show like a couple of years ago in Germany, you know, because Jay Rue lives in Germany now. Yeah, he lives. He lives in Berlin now. You know what I'm saying? So we was in mm. Berlin doing the show, and he came to the show, and we got up. We got him on stage. You know what I'm saying? To rock with us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I bet that crowd was was flipping out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For for me, for blowout cone, and I think we're, I was trying to allude to this earlier before we started recording, but uh, uh, one of our friends, mutual friends, had posed on Facebook. You know. What's the best three single run on an on a hip hop album? Like the, the three singles you listen to right in a row, that you know, how does that compare to like other singles um, from other prominent albums? And for me, Blue Lock Home is in my top five, and it's not five with uh, Black Ego, Dogged, and Jettin'. I repeated those three songs continuously for a long, long time because th- those were the vibes for me. That's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. Man. And you know, it, 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 like I could pick probably any three off of that album. Yeah, yeah, that's it true. The best three, you know, it's just. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you you're right. Those three are pretty dope. Those are pretty dope. Um, so you came back this year, uh, releasing an album, the the Caledelphian, and super dope joint. Want to talk about that a little bit? Um, you released it, I think, what last month? It was very recent. Yeah, February fifth, it dropped. February fifth, yeah. Can you tell us about how that that album came together? You know, who did the music on it, and just just give us a synopsis of the album. Yeah, this album. Um, I moved to California a few years ago, and um, I met um uh, my my kids go to this charter school here, and there was this cool 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 cat named Baker that was uh that was a music teacher there. He taught hip hop to the kids at the school at my kids' school, and I got connected with him. He gave me his album. I listened to it. I loved it. And then me and him started, got, we got real cool. And he introduced me to this cat named Pop Jensen in um, Fresno. He owns this studio, um, has a big music community here. I met them cats. I, you know what I'm saying? I love, they were mad cool. I love the whole uh, studio situation. It made me feel comfortable, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I felt comfortable enough to, you know, go in there and start demoing up a few songs, you know what I'm saying? A couple of producer friends of mine sent me some tracks and kept saying, yo, man, let's do something, man. Come on, man, what you doing? You go over there, California getting soft, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, all right, all right. So I, you know, when I met with these cats, I demoed up a couple of joints and I sent it to them and they was like, yo, I'm feeling this, man, let's, let's, keep, let's keep it going. So I, it kind of gave me a little superhero uh, confidence, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then I, I started crafting a couple of ideas and. Um, and I decided I wanted to do an album based on um, my new situation. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Philadelphia import to, to Cali- California. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thus the Caledelphian. You know what I'm saying? Right. And while I was out here, I real I met some cats on Instagram called the Caledelphia Eagles fans. You know what I'm saying? They have a their own Instagram page, Caledelphia Eagles. You know what I'm saying? And they, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. Like Philadelphia is everywhere, boy. You know what I'm saying? That's Caledelphia, great. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so I got in there and I, I started recording the album and. Um, Ended up recording about probably like 18 songs. I decided to put out 12 and hold on to another, a few of them. I might um, release on my SoundCloud page or, you know what I'm saying, or do something with them later. Or maybe I might not do nothing with them. I don't know. But um, the sound was helped, was crafted by some of my longtime collaborators. I work with my man, Next Malin, based out of Philadelphia. He now lives in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, he, he, t- he was my tour DJ for a long time. Me and him been doing music for for years. He did a, a song called Progress on the album with me um, that I did with my uh, my girl, Lizzie Jeff, the West Coast Wave Priestess. She rhymed on that song with me. And then I had my sister, the R&B Soul Priestess, uh, Astamari on that song with me. Um, also had, I met a cat out here in Fresno named Most Beats, young cat, mm. like 19 years old. You know what I'm saying? Dope, 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 dope beats, man. This little young cat is dope. You know what I'm saying? Pure hip hop. You know what I'm saying? And um, he sent me a couple of beats. You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I think he produced about three or four songs on my album. Oh, nice. Um, oh, that's dope. Uh, another cat named Nimzo, an incredible musician out of New Jersey. He and I worked on some, collaborating on some tunes together. And he, he and I did a song called um, "Like Father, Like Son" with my oldest son, Crown. My oldest son Crown is on that song. He also and um, another song called um, "Family Biz," which is produced by my man Miko out of Germany. Um, he also produced a song called "Do the Knowledge" and "Foundation." 
on my album. And then I had my brother Jorge Dubman out of Brazil, Salvador, Brazil, um, Bahia, you know what I'm saying? AKA Dr. Drummer. He produced the song Segura Enfrente song, which is a, a word, which is roughly, it's a Portuguese uh, term, which roughly translates into rock on. Mm. You know what I'm mm. saying? He produced that song with me. And then my main man, uh, Market Tech, uh, who produced some songs with me back in the day, you know what I'm saying? We did a song called Spaceman a few years ago, and he produced a song on this album called Cosmic Funk and Telecom. Mm. Yeah, that, that one's, that's, that's a joint. Uh, I like that you. joint. Thank yeah, yeah. And who did the album cover? I see it behind you there. Yeah, yeah. That's a fresh cover. It is a fresh cover. My man, Dan Village, um, illustrator out of uh, Los Angeles, California, Santa Barbara, California. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He's a very, he's a great guy. You know what I'm saying? Incredible illustrator. He does comics. You know what I'm saying? Um, all types of stuff. You know what I'm saying? He got, there's a, there's a brewing company out in California that, uses his um illustrations on their um uh, on their beer cans oh really like, i can't i can't remember the name of the brewing yeah. company but, but there's a brewing company that that um uses a lot of his artwork on there yeah that's fresh that's fresh yeah. well if yeah. y'all if you don't have it if you're tuning into the podcast or you know to the live feed if you've not heard the caledelphian by c knowledge it's a it's a really good album it's on the band camp you can just you know search c knowledge or search the caledelphian on band camp and you'll it'll pop up and you'll find it and Grown um, folk music. Grown folk music. Grown and folk. I know you have a, it's it's available on CD. Is it available on vinyl too? I yeah, yeah. Just, okay. uh, it's on CD, digital streaming, and now on vinyl. You know what I'm saying? If you go to my website, you go to my Bandcamp page, cknowledgepresents.bandcamp.com. You can order the CD. You can order uh, the digital streaming version, or you can get the vinyl. I also have bundle packs where you can um, also not only get the album or the CD, but you can also get a T-shirt. You can get mm -hmm. an autograph poster. You can get sticker packs and yep, yep. face masks that come with it. You know what I'm saying? That's right. I saw, I, I forgot about that. The face, yeah, you got the face yeah, mask with yeah. the, yeah, with the yeah. ill visuals. That's dope. <laughs> Super dope. And what's what's next with Diggable Plants? Are y'all going to get back out on the road when it's safe to do so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, um, we, we're working on um, putting together, launching our first official website. You know what I'm saying? Official oh. diggableplants.com. We're going we're gonna to launch that in the next month or two. We have all our official merchandise, um, uh, music, you know what I'm saying, videos, everything mm -hmm. pertaining to Digital Planets, you'll be able to get from there. And we're going to start doing live streaming shows from there. And I think we're going to do our first one sometime later on this year, maybe in May. I'm not, don't quote me on it, but probably like in May sometime, we're going to do it um, based out of Seattle. We're going to be in Seattle. We're going to do a live streaming show from our uh, website. You know what I'm saying? And um, mm -hmm. hopefully this we'll get through this pandemic thing and we'll get back on the road again. You know what I'm saying? And start recording some music and all that. You know? Oh, recording some more diggable planets. I hope so. You know what I'm saying? Oh, nice. I mean, we've, we've, talked, we've talked about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's that's awesome. So. Well, you got a lot of fans out here that would love man, it. So yeah. Don't, make, yeah. don't make me throw my headphones, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, crazy. Man. Listen, is there anything else um, that you want people to know that, you know, maybe people don't typically ask you in these interview situations or just anything that you want uh, folks to know? Um, I mean, if you, if you don't know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big time comic book head. You know what I'm saying? I love comic books. I mean, you could tell, I don't know if you follow my music, you could tell all my, my, my album covers. Is, you know what I'm saying? I love comic book. You know what I'm saying? I wrote my own comic book. Um, along with my business partner, Thomas View, is called the Epic of the Heaven and Earth Association. And right now we're working on getting it published and we're working on a web series and a podcast that's going to be based on the comic book. You know what I'm saying? So Ooh. that's what I'm doing. That's something different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm working on. Uh, now, is that something that you do the, the illustrations or the writing or both? I, when I was a guy, I used to draw. I, I mainly do the writing now. I, I, okay. I write all the stories, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I I doodle I doodle a little bit, you know what I'm saying. But I have a professional illustrator that's doing the um, illustrations based right. on the story I wrote. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's fresh, man. That's really fresh. Yo. Profound, Joe. You got anything else? Nah. I know our time uh, is winding down. You know what? Here. I just want to know when the comic book come out so I can get one in, ah, in like this. Look at that! Look at my you fellow know? comic book. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just hey, I'm on it. Let, let, I, as soon about. as you get them, as soon as you get them done, I'm on it. All right, all right, no yeah. doubt, man. No doubt. You you mentioned earlier that uh, like 
during Blowout Comb, you were kind of focused on what you were doing with your boys and playing video games and stuff. What was your video game of choice back then? What were you, what were you playing? Um, what are you talking about back in the 90s? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, we used to, put, we used to run it with um, the, uh, what was that, Eternal Champions. We used to play um, Coach K. Coach K was our joint. Oh, you we, fights would break out off of over, over Coach K. So I'm telling you, man, we'd be in there fighting off of Coach K. Um, oh man, that's Mortal crazy. Mortal Kombat, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was a couple other games. I can't think of them all right now, but you know what I'm saying? Whatever the hot game was, we was on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whatever the hot game, we was on that John. You know that's saying? crazy. How about today? Like, what do you, what do you uh, like today, to play today? Man, my son keeps me on the Roblox stuff. You know what I'm saying? He likes to keep me on that Roblox. He loves that to death. And um, also Tower Tower Battle Defense or something, some game called, some game mm. like that. And I'm also on my PS4. Crazy. I play uh, Call of Duty, um, NBA 2K. You know what I'm saying? I get... Mm. Um, I love all the Star Wars type games. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I love oh, the, yeah. I, I love the um, I just got finished the Spider-Man's Morales game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, dope. Love yeah. that game. You know what I'm saying? Also, I, I, I'm into that virtual reality stuff too. I got a little VR set. I'll be getting down with that. That VR, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy, man. That's dope. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we appreciate you being here, See Knowledge. We could talk all night, but we know that we have other responsibilities and we want to honor your time. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for being here. Is there, I know. Um, you still, you know, brother. Yeah, man. I know there's a line on your uh your new album about social. You don't do social media too much. I forget the exact <laughs> line. But is there is there a social media that you like to have people follow you on to keep in touch? Yeah, you um, if you're on if you're on Instagram, you can hit me up on at official doodlebug. Also, the diggable planets are on there at planets diggable. You can also hit me up um on Twitter at c knowledge. And my band's uh, Twitter page is at official CFO and Diggable Planets is on there at Diggable Planets. I'm on Facebook too. Anybody who's still on there, I'm on there under C Knowledge. And uh, you can hit me up also on YouTube under Doodlebug TV. Yeah, you know I mean, I'm on SoundCloud under C Knowledge. Mm. And you can search C Knowledge on Apple, Google, Tidal, Spotify, you know, or whatever you, whatever you like to get down on. Yeah. Check out C Knowledge or Diggable Planets. You know what I'm saying? Right on, right on. Well, thank you for being here, man. And thank you for all the music. And we look forward right. to hearing, Thanks for having me, brother. hearing more music. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. All right. yeah. Peace. 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 I'm going to hit you with that comic book too soon, fam. Man, yeah. please. That's what's up. I'm going to be on you about it. That's what's Yo, up. Yo, hold up. Hold up. I got I to gotta show you something real quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, please do. We got time. All right. Hold up. <laughs> Let me pull out some. Let me pull out some comic books on you, fam. <laughs> Pull out some comic books on you, homie. <laughs> put out some of these comic books on you. Oh no, it's it's mixing in with the background. Oh yeah, it's mixing in oh. with the background. Oh, oh there we go. Now oh, we there we go. Oh, oh wow. See? Yeah, man. Yeah, fam. Wow. I got I I I got to get my uh, weight up. I got to hit one of these comic book stores. I've been I've been doing my virtual comic book shopping. Yeah, you know I'm saying mm, right. <laughs> man, I'm on it. And also, so I've been, I've been, I've been shop, I've been buying a lot of vinyl lately too, man. I just, I don't know. This pandemic really got me on my vinyl and my comic books hard, man. Man, yeah. Are, are there exactly. some good spots in Fresno? Uh, comic books? Yeah. Oh hell yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a few places. Yep. Yeah. How about for vinyl? Are there some good vinyl digging spots in Fresno as well? I haven't, I haven't really found the spot in Fresno. Yeah, I, I do. I got a spot in Brooklyn that. Mm. I um I just I you know what I'm saying I send they they send me little uh blurbs and they also have an Instagram page and they always put up blurbs of new breaks they got you know what I'm saying letting me know and I and I just send them money and they they mail yeah. it to me. Oh, that's dope. That's what's up. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, but it's good to yeah. talk to y'all, man. One yeah, man. Yo, Caledonians out now. If you want and you like what you hear, you know what I'm saying? Check me out on cknowledgepresents.bandcamp.com. Yeah, I mean, MC Go, Kill. Go get thank it, you people. Thank you for having me, so, brother. Yep, thank you for being here, yes. man. I really appreciate you. Enough respect to MJ, you know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We love MJ here. She's, yes. she's, she's dope. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Right on. Right on. All right, y'all. All right, peace, peace. man. Yep. All right, peace. salute. One love. <laughs> All right. Yo, y'all just heard the conversation. See knowledge. 
doodlebug of diggable planets. I'm like, yeah, dope. yeah, super dope, man. I, you know, I've seen him in other interviews, and one thing I appreciate about him is he just comes across real genuine mm-hmm. and just, just yeah. real cool. You know, he's like the type of guy. It's like that. I would love to just go get lunch yeah. and just chop it up and talk. You know, talk about life, and whatnot. Uh, I appreciate that about him, just his essence. Profound, do you have any take takeaways from our conversation? Man, I thought it was really dope that, um, you know, they were able to, you know, get themselves back together, you know, and, mm. and have a conversation and dialogue with each other and, um, and you know, squash whatever it is, whatever, whatever it is, it's like, it's so funny because I'm not even interested in what it is. It's just, I'm just glad that to see that um, they were able to put it together. And uh, you know, and keep it moving, cause man, yeah. dude, that, you know that music powerful, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, all these years later, yeah. Joe, what were your takeaways? Uh, it's basically the same thing. That reconciliation is is so huge. Yeah. You saw that with, you know, for the most part, little brother um, come back together, you know, in, in kind of a similar manner. Um, but it's it's so important that you know that the music that they create is is so profound that you you can't get away from it and you got to find a way to come together towards it um mm. because it's something special yeah and uh and, and and they know that they know that and that's why they did what they did to kind of put you know petty whatever is aside and just be like let's let's do this for for ourselves let's do it for our fans yeah and the, the prospect of coming out with new music oh man yeah, that was <laughs> no bad pun intended. Music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, oh, and Neville, Neville's with us, I believe. Neville's still with us. What were your takeaways, Neville? You still there? Yeah, yeah, just was, yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with them. I'm just kind of like starstruck, I guess, because it's like <laughs> I grew up on this, you know, right. I grew up on this music, and um, I remember playing this in the college dorms. Not even in high school, the first album, actually. I was still in high school when um, Cool Like That came out. And um, yeah, just it was big, big impact. Yeah. Big impact on me. Tribe, you know, Tribe was out there, of course, everybody could try, but Think of a Planet, Stephanie was my, was my uh, crew, man. But um, from this interview itself, just yeah. forgiveness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, like you said, reciprocity, um, healing. I think that's what we need right now in general. Yeah. And the fact that they did that before all of this happened is a good thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to sure. wait till it's too late. You can do it beforehand. You don't have to wait till it's like the final hour or anything. Right. So that, right. that's what I, that's what I got from that. They yeah. did it before all of this. Yeah. yeah. That's ill. What do you guys think it is? I know we talked about this a little bit before we went on. And we touched on it a tad bit, but you know that cool like that song is still relevant today. Not just among you know people like us that love it because we grew up on it, but uh, you know with our kids and other younger people, like the song still resonates. What do you think it is about a song like that, music like that, that still resonates? You know, thirty years later. I think it's just because it it utilizes the essence of jazz, which has been so timeless anyway. Mm. Um, and then just adding the the backdrop of hip hop uh, right right underneath it, um, you know. And hip hop is the most the pop most popular genre going these days. Right. And so putting those two elements together, it's going to have a great shelf life, yeah. no matter yeah. what. Yeah, profound. Yeah. We about to say something. Yeah, I, I think you know to John's point, it, you know, uh, m- more specifically. The baseline, of course, you know what I mean? The baseline is so recognizable, you know, of course, you're going to. And then the chorus was just so simple. And usually with our with the classic hip hop records, the choruses, they're always simple or the track is always simple. It's something that's simple for, you know, that that keeps everybody um, keeps their attention for 20 and 30 and 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. 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 Any thoughts, Um, Neville? Yeah, I think that it's one of the best samples and jazz loops in the yeah. history of hip hop. It, it reminds me, it's in the same element of as um when you hear Troy from Pete Rock and CL Smooth. That, that sample, this sample is as recognizable as that sample. 
Right. It, it's definitely in the top five recognizable loops in hip-hop, yeah. especially jazzy hip-hop. Um, that's mm. the first piece is the sound and the horns. And then I think also um, that bass line, right? But um, also I think it's the, yeah, <laughs> that bass line's it. But the uh, thing lyrically, I think the empowerment in the lyrics, yeah, cool, like that, like self-assuredness, right? Yeah. Um, but not like it didn't have no, no disrespect to anybody as a public enemy. It wasn't aggressive. It was like right a, a, a reserved assuredness, right, and and, and sense of self and knowledge of self that was different. And especially from like a five percenter or pro black, it was a smooth. It was a smooth um, knowledge of self, which nobody yeah. really quite had that like them. Yeah, that's true. It was that's like you fun. got you got. X Clan on one side of that spectrum and Diggable Plants on the other yeah, side. Exactly. Very cool. And then you got like even brand new being them who did it, but still a little more aggressive with it at times. They never yeah. really got aggressive. Only their beats sometimes, like night like night one, but other than that, always yeah. You know, you mentioned um, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Uh, and that was the last question I wanted to ask you, fellas, is that when it comes to one, two, and out groups diggable plan has put out in my opinion two classic albums p rock and cl smooth if you don't count the all sold out ep they put out two classic albums can you think of any other groups that put out that caliber of albums just to, just two and then they were out as a group i can't think of another group like that i mean the fuji's put out two albums but i wouldn't count that first album as you know no nobody album. would and, and if it wasn't for those two remixes on there yeah it probably they, wouldn't that, have, yeah. you probably wouldn't have the score right there's right. a lot yeah. more single mcs that have done that though not groups but a lot more single mcs did that one yeah. or two big yeah man um can't what's his name special ed the first two albums but didn't he put out a third album yeah, but I'm just talking about two and kind of like just, you know, you're right. You're right. I guess you mean literally did not put any. Yeah, else right. I'm thinking of just a one-two punch. And and that's, it. that's all they put out. Nah, yeah, it's I just can't them think two. of anyone else. Yeah, just them two, and then disappeared. Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, how many? How many X Clan albums were there? Oh well, two, two. There was two. There's more than two. Then they made a comeback. But they, yeah. they did make a comeback. But, I, I listened to the recent ones. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't no, bad, no. no. But that's a good that's a good one, profound. Except for the time, yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. those were two pretty classic albums as yeah. well. Yeah, and then I, I was gonna say on along the same lines where they weren't necessarily one and two and out, but it was like the only they're really the only two that you think of is the first two far side albums. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and the group the group dynamics changed a little bit, I think. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, the other one, I just thought of this one, and this is fitting since our guest next week is Dress from Black Sheep. Black Sheep technically only put out two albums. And I love, like, a lot of people don't talk about that second <laughs> album much. I love that second album. And I, I go to debate on people about how dope that album is. But then Dress, he kept the name going. Though, so there's there's music released as Black Sheep, but it's just Dress. So, right. I don't know if you got that. Anyway, but if you're tuning in next week, we got Dress. Coming up from Black Sheep, super excited. One of my one of my personal top five favorite MCs of all time. I love Drez. He has such a dope flow, great cadence. So we're gonna be chopping it up he with him. What'd you yeah, say, he, Devil? He hey, he could have been on a remix for cool like that though. Yeah, like he he really cool. He definitely could have been on. Yeah, one of my favorites. That's all I'm saying. Oh, you too. Gotcha. Yeah, he's dope. So before we get out of here, um. You know it's not a hip hop show without the shout outs. So profound. You got some shout outs for us? Man, um, um, yeah, I'm just gonna give one because before the show started, I just found out um a good brother uh passed away. Amadeus. Mm. Amadeus rings, man, the uh incredible voice, incredible person. I just want to send condolences to him and his family. Um, and I just, I'm sorry. I'm just, I just found out about it before we went, before we went live. So, wow. yeah, man. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, brother. Me too. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's all I got today. Okay. Uh, Joe, how about yourself? Um, since I, I live in Texas and we went through that uh, storm situation last month, just shout out to all the 
the neighborly people that helped each other out in the time of crisis. Uh, an anti shout out to state government for not getting their stuff together and hopefully they can get it together um, this time around. Right on. Neville, you got some, got some shout outs for us? Uh, well, first and foremost, to continue on that note, like um, Profound said, RIP to somebody that found a past day before yesterday. Since you know this this uh, pestilence we got going on in COVID, so uh, Brian and Charlotte to that family rest in peace. And um, hey, on a positive note, Clubhouse. I'm just shouting out Clubhouse. What about Clubhouse? Yeah. What what you got going on over there? It's the great uh, the boom bap chat. I hear it's a good it's a good club to join. A little greenhouse. Yes. Join the Boom Bap chat. We, we're on there Tuesday nights having a different kind of format. Check that out. Definitely want to give shout outs to, uh, in the lines of uh, Neville and Profound. Everyone that's out there hurting and, and Joe talking about folks in Texas hurting. Anyone out there hurting, um, you know, feeling the pain of a, a lost loved one. Um, definitely want to send some love, peace, prayers and comfort to you all for sure. Uh, shout out to the, a bunch of people tuned in tonight. Um, so shout out to Quint, Terrence, Leaf Erickson. What's up, man? Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, Leaf. Leaf's dope. Uh, Holly Jane, Marcus, Jenny. Jenny lives in my neighborhood. We just found out. My neighbors. That's pretty dope. <laughs> nice. Uh, Freddie. Who else was on here? Yeah. So shout out to everyone that was tuning in to the live feed. Really appreciate you. Shout out to Diggable Planets, Sea Knowledge. Man, what an honor to be talking yeah. to a legend like that, you know, someone that has inspired us so much. And shout out to Drez from Black Sheep, who's going to be on next Thursday night on the Boom Bap Chat, same time, 10 p.m. Eastern. Ho hopefully you'll come back and check us out. And last but not least, shout out to MJ, who uh, we've been working with, um, getting some of these artists on. So really appreciate all the great work that you're doing for hip hop. So appreciate you, MJ. And to everyone else that's tuning in, you know what time it is. On that note, we say peace, 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 peace. peace.